Now, as a watchman, I do have to uh, sound the alarm. I got a, in the midst of this week, all kinds of stuff happened. I saw a message from one of the physicians that I've grown to respect. This physician is a lady physician. She's become an enemy to, you know, the devil's plans, and so they want to wipe her out. And, uh, but God has supernaturally protected her because she loves the truth. How many of you love the truth? Anyway, she, she tweeted this. It was a, a flag. I guess she looked at herself as a, um, like one of the circuit riders. You know, the British are coming. The British are coming. So she tweeted this flag that said, be ready. Get ready. Mandates are coming. Mandates are coming. Get ready. And so she did her part. She was shouting. Now, we just talked about this two weeks ago. I told you I read the book. I read the plan long before these things began to unfold. And that's why it was so frustrating to see people following the script. And I had just read it. And it unfolded just like I had read. I told you we tried to get it. Somebody said, get this to the president. I said, yeah, sure, I know him. I'm his best buddy. I'll just drop it off on my way home this afternoon. and, but no, I did know a general, and so we did our best to get it to a general. From the look of things, I don't think the president got this plan. He didn't look like he did, but maybe he did. I don't know. But anyway, you know, they're saying these mandates are coming and um, all of the stuff. Now, what, what I say about it as a pastor, it's just like this week. We went and we prayed in faith. We believed that God was going to raise Chris up, and, and it didn't happen. So, you know, sometimes things happen the way you want them to happen. Other times, God's got something else in mind. So if I was you, I would just get things together. Get medicines. If you're, you're taking medicines, you might want to just make sure you have a supply. I would get food and water. You say, well, that's unbelief. Well, you're going to have to eliminate a lot of the Bible because they had all kinds of things happen throughout the Scriptures and they prepared. You know, you see things coming and you just pretend you're just oblivious. You're just going to get swept away into all that's happening, but just get things together. How many of you have insurance? How many of you have insurance? So, okay, get a little food insurance. Get a little water. You know, just have access. Just ask God. I would get some currency out and uh, because from the look of me, Man, the American dollar is losing its value daily. I mean, things they're not telling us. But I do know that God has a currency that is not losing its value. You know what that is. You think there's a reason God said the gold is mine and the silver is mine? It's probably a good time to think about that. And, you know, if you have questions, see Shirley. <laughs> you, know, you know, we went through all these classes over the last couple of years and But the greatest preparation is to get close to the Lord. God is able. God is mighty. And we're going to see that um, where they told us something was, let me do it right, S-A-F-E and effective. We realize it was not S-A-F-E, but it probably was very effective for their purpose. 
But I can tell you, God is effective. And he's going to, there's a place of safety in him. You know, there's a refuge you can run to. It's getting in Christ. Because everybody's wondering, where do I go in this hour to escape the storms? Only place I know is in Christ. And whether the storms come or not. Now, sometimes when you just expose stuff, and I think we touched on this a few weeks ago, the enemy backs off. So I hope and pray many pastors across America are exposing, calling the people. Listen, it's a plan of the devil. And I've known the Lord at times to uproot and disregard the plans of darkness. At other times, he gets his people to walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, and they find that God is faithful. But regardless of what happens, you know, here's some things you can bank on in this hour. Are you ready? Anybody listening? I'm going to get to the other thing in a minute because there's some things I want to talk about today that come Thursday when we have a memorial I don't want to talk about. But today I'm going to talk about it. Anyway, I look at this as a great challenge to be up in this position at this time in history and with all these things unfolding. But here are some things you can bank on. Number one, God's purposes are not going to be thwarted. Not his counsel. The plans of man will become of no effect, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. So if you want to be on some good, solid foundation... Get into your heart and in your spirit the counsel of heaven. Is that right? The plans and purposes of God. It's not going to be, it's just not going to be aborted. They're only going to increase. And then the next thing, God's purposes, you know, not only will his, uh, his purposes not be a, a, aborted, but his promises are sure. The promises of God are what? Yes and Amen. What does amen mean? So be it. Period. I I don't think it means period, but it means so be it. But in my book, it also means period. Same thing. So be it. God's promise. And then God's power is going to be made known in this hour, even to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. That's part of the manifold wisdom of God. At the end of the age, God's going to cause his church to make known to the powers of darkness the manifold wisdom of our God. That's a pretty high calling. And we're going to be ready. And he's going to use us, like Bobby always says, he's finally found a people weak enough that he can show his power through. So here we are, Lord, we're signing up for that. And then also a people are going to arise that are going to demonstrate there's hope there is, there's truth, and the presence of God is greater than whatever the enemy is up to. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, you know, there are a few things. You, you don't want to just follow, I don't know how you, well, well, how would I explain this, God? They're like prophetic, no. They're like pathetic, prophetic declarations. That's probably a good way to do it you got to be careful. I, I, you, okay, here you go. It's worth our remembering. Now, this is what the Lord said to share. That we're the Lord. Remember, in Eli's household, the, his sons were vile, wicked, remember? And uh, so what did Eli do about it? Nothing. 
like many, like much of the church today, instead of calling out the wickedness and the vileness, what's much of the church actually doing? They're becoming woke. They're becoming a part. They're accepting. You got to be accepting in this hour. No, you don't. Accept Jesus. Don't accept what the devil is doing. You know, you love the people. We're not called to be accepting of everything that happens on the earth. Some things we're to resist. He said, draw near to God. Resist the devil. You don't accept him. I'm not going to, we're not going to compromise. But anyway, Eli refused to intervene. And here's a scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 14. It says, and therefore I have sworn. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel. Samuel was not a beat around the bush prophet. He heard the Lord. So he went. He said, God, I'll just do whatever's in your heart and in your mind. So it says, and therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the inequity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Now, you didn't get what I got when I read that. The sin and, the, you know, the inequity and all that they're doing will not be atoned for by sacrifice and offering Forever. You got to put the forever in there. God was saying, there's going to come a time, if you don't address the issue, I'm going to address it. I'm going to intervene. And regardless, you know, there was animal sacrifice, and that's how they would receive forgiveness of sin. God said, that's not going to always work. There's going to come a time that I'm going to say, enough is enough. And it's almost, you know, you can hear the words, be, be sure your sins are going to find you out. And I felt like that's what the Lord is saying to our nation right now. You can be sure your sins are going to find you out. And so anyway, our part is supposed to, we're supposed to be declaring the word of the Lord. You know, it's not, now understand, it's, this is out of respect. We're to make declarations, and I understand, decree, decree the decrees of the Lord. But don't just make up something and decree and think it's going to happen. It's not our decrees that saves a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is the downfall of every nation. And just as Rome fell, just as we find through history, it's going to be the case today. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. Now, I read this this morning. I woke up thinking about it. These are the times that try men's souls. You know what that came from, right? Yeah. Thomas Paine. You know what? Do you know what was happening? So anyway, it looked like the little bitty American revolutionary force was being defeated. Everyone, they were discouraged. They lost their morale. 11,000 plus troops had left to go home with their families. It didn't look too good, and so Thomas Paine rose up and wrote this. I'm going to read it all in a moment. But then Washington read it or somehow got word of it, and he wanted the remaining soldiers to hear what Thomas Paine had to say. It inspired the soldiers to rise up. And it was after that. That's when they crossed the Delaware, right? It was right after that. But here's what he said. He said, these are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of his country. 
And I would say there are many that are shrinking from the service of their king, the Lord. I'm not shrinking. How many of you say, I'm not going to shrink? I'm not shrinking back. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Then he said, tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. So we need to stop complaining. It might even get a little bit harder. But the harder means the greater. The triumph. Now, Lord, I said, what am I supposed to share today? How do you, how do you share? I love Chris. He was a great friend. And uh, I don't agree with what happened. But, you know, he didn't ask me. The Lord didn't ask me if I agreed or not. I just agree with God. I just believe God. I know that whatever comes my way, I've seen it in my life. God is still ruling and reigning, just as you declared. And I'm not backing off of that. But anyway, here's something you need. To, I'm just going to touch on it. And then I'm going to get to something that I, we want to share. But Revelation chapter 12. We just had a conference here, the Warring Women. I understand it went really well. I, we couldn't make it. Obviously, a lot of things happening this week. My wife wanted to make it. Didn't work out. I tried to watch a little bit, but I'm going to watch it. You know, I thank God we had this place filled. I don't know how many women were here. Well, whoever was here, they're warring women rising up, being prepared in this hour. Well, guess what? We better all be prepared. There's a war that's raging. How many of you know we're at war? Our nation is at war. Many people are sound asleep. We're being bombarded every day from the skies, from the food, from the water, from the politicians, from you name it, from the left to the right, forward, behind, underneath. The rain, the storms, I mean, I could go on. I'm not going to get into great detail. Just take my word for it. We're in a war. And if you don't know that, you're probably in for some shockers and some great disappointment. We're not supposed to be disappointed in this hour. Those who trust in him will not be ashamed. They're not going to be disappointed. They have more faith in the divine appointments of God than they do what men is doing to disrupt God's appointments. Does that make sense? But in Revelation chapter 12, we just need to be reminded, and I'm just going to touch on it. Later on, we'll, we'll get into great detail. But look in verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. It's broken out on the earth in this hour. All of humanity is coming under assault. It's a war like we never even heard of before. So most of us are thinking, God, are you sure you picked the right person to be alive on the earth? At this time in history, are you absolutely positive? And God will say, yes. I'm absolutely certain you've been called to this season. And this time, but war broke out in heaven. All these angels are disrupting, doing all kinds of stupid stuff. But in verse 8, they did not prevail. Now, that's a good thing, isn't it? We know, ultimately, the enemy's not going to prevail. But we know we're in the great conflict. So the great dragon, Satan, he deceives the whole world. 
to me, that's one of the saddest parts because you could go over and read later. I think it's chapter 17. I've always wondering where it says, and the whole world worships and follows the beast. And I'm always, Lord, how is the whole world going to worship and follow the beast? Well, now I know it's starting to be made known. But the rest of that scripture says, but those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So the only people that are going to escape the deception are the people whose names are in that book. So that's why we got to be going in this hour. Going. Getting many people's names in that book that we possibly can. Right? Does that make sense? The Lamb's book of life. Because everybody else is going to fall for it. How do I know? How many people have already fallen? And it wasn't even the real thing. I'm talking about the image, the worship of the beast, the mark. These are preparatory stages, and the people are being lulled into sleep, thinking that it was S-A-F-E and very E-F-F-E-C-T-I-V-E. I'm having fun along this journey. But anyway, they're in a war. Now look in verse 17. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. Do you think the devil is in any way a little bit enraged at the church? Especially those that are actually being the church. Now those who are playing church, he's not that enraged. He's egging them on. And, uh, but he's enraged with the woman, and he went to make war, say war, war, with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So in the midst of this war, we got to remember the real war is against those who are following the king, following Jesus, those who have his commandments, and they have the testimony of Jesus. What's that? The testimony is they were lost in their sin, They recognized they needed a Savior. They repented. They turned to trust in Him, and now they belong to Jesus. That's their testimony. So the war, in fact, the word persecuted, I looked it up today. It means a whole lot. We'll get there some other day, but it actually also means to pursue. So if you're going to follow the Lord, guess who is pursuing you? All of hell. Some of you say, well, wouldn't it be better if I didn't follow the Lord? I just suit. No, that's, that's the wrong choice. When you're in pursuit by hell, that's a sign that you're actually part of heaven's army. If you're not being pursued by hell, somewhere along the way, something's wrong. You got to go back and examine to see if you're in the faith. So anyway, in this war... In that chapter, there's a couple of things that are happening. I'll just mention and we'll come back later. Number one is great salvation. You guys are getting ready to go to Japan. We got two young budding missionaries. You're going to follow the Lamb, and you're going to run into some great trials, difficulties, challenges. But you're going to find that the Lamb who you're following conquers all. He's the conqueror, and the greater one is in you conquering. And you have to have something to conquer to be a conqueror, all right? But there's going to be great salvation. You're going to see all of Japan saved. If you go to Japan, that should be your mission. Lord, we want all of Japan. He said, ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. 
So salvation, strength. Some of you are feeling a little bit weak with all the things happening, unfolding around you. Well, the more you feel weak, just boast in it. Boast in it, but then let the weak say they are strong. Because our strength is not in and of ourselves. Our strength is in the Lord, the name of the Lord. And so let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And then the kingdom of God. You're gonna, you read that in chapter 12. The only thing that's not going to be shaken in this hour is what? Those who are receiving, say receiving, the kingdom. It's a process. I know we're born again. That's, you know, an event. But we're receiving the kingdom, especially in this hour. We receive the kingdom or we enter the kingdom through much tribulation. If you understand all that, you won't be that frightened when tribulation is all around you. Anyway, Lord, help me to stick to the main thing. And then the power of Christ. You'll read that. There's going to be a lot of power in this hour. You think he's going to leave you powerless before before all the darkness of the ages? Not a chance in the world. Greater is he. Greater is he. Behold, I give you authority to trample on, you know, upon all the power, scorpions, serpents, and over all the power of the enemy. You got to have power to trample on the power of the enemy. Well, you got power. And then there'll be overcomers. One of the things that will break our heart is seeing how many will not overcome. But that cannot distract us from our course. We want to bring everybody on that we can and just give it our best, go with it, the gospel. We're not the Holy Spirit. We can't convince everyone to follow him, but we can set the example, we can set the course. So are you ready for what's coming and inevitable? And that's what I want to just briefly talk about and, and then let you go and we'll get ready. We invite you to come be with us on Thursday for that memorial if you're available at noon. But, uh, you know, the last enemy that is going to be dethroned, actually, it doesn't say defeated. It says destroyed. You don't want to get tripped up there because you could think, well, God, I thought this enemy was already. It is already defeated. Death is defeated. How many of you know that? But the Scripture says plainly, the last enemy, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Now, in Solomon, uh, Solomon or Ecclesiastes, Solomon's the richest, wisest, you know, most in his day, most sought-after man, he said in chapter 3, verse 2, he said, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. So, you know, one thing we need to do in this hour, we need to shout to a lot of people, are you ready to die? Because if I understand, if I understand anything, you're going to see these things unfold in the earth. You're going to have to be ready to die. You're ready to live. I know we'd rather just focus on that. But you got to also be ready to die, and that's what I want to talk about for the rest of the time, about death. Some of you said, gee, thanks. Well, you know, it's, I'm gonna, you'll understand when I get through it. 
But number one, it's inevitable. Say inevitable. Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed man wants to die. We'll get to the rest in a moment. But there's a divine appointment. How many of you do not like going to a doctor and they're not being on time or a dentist? Now, Deb is not here today, but she works for a dentist. And that dentist is always on time. I don't think of it. Shirley, have you ever been there where they were late? I mean, maybe, but I've not. Because I'm always prepared, thinking, well, I'm just going to check my emails. I get, it's, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I get thousands a day that are junk emails, any of you. So you take those moments just to delete, 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 delete. So I'm ready to delete, and the next thing I know, come on back. We're ready for you. Oh, you're on time. They're most of the time. And guess what? In this divine appointment that is, and here's what the word appointed means. It means awaiting. Awaiting what's in store and reserved. How many of you know you're not going to be late for your appointment? You're not going to be late. Now, I, I wonder, well, Lord, what about the guy that he said, Lord, give me 15 more years? Well, you have not because you asked not. All I know is God is still, he's still on the throne if he had died then or if he died 15 years later. A lot of stuff happened 15 years later that maybe wouldn't happen if he'd have just gone on. I, I don't know. There are a lot of things we're going to ask the Lord in that day. All I know is his death is inevitable. Secondly, it's of great value. Say great value. Now, someone shared with me this week, they had a word from the Lord. I'm going to share it on Thursday, a friend, and uh, they got the Scripture from Psalm 116, and I had just gotten the Scripture too. 116.15, how precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Now, the word precious in the Bible is a word that's used often for the 20 different stones that are of value that are found in the Scripture. And the word speaks of beauty, durability, and value. Have you ever heard the thing, the saying, this is, well, it's our loss, but it's heaven's gain. How many of you heard of that? Well, there's a lot of truth in that. Obviously, heaven is going to be somehow this great gain because he said how valuable, how precious, and of great worth is the death of his saints. I think about not only, you know, Chris, but there are numbers of men. Shirley and I think, God, this is crazy. I think about Michael. Michael was going to be one of my, he, was, he came to help us here. So heaven issued a call. He's up in the great cloud of witnesses. Obviously, heaven needed him more. It's probably more important there than here. I think it's both. We got to fulfill our purpose here. But there's some that are going to be ushered into their heavenly assignments. That's not a bad thing. It's valuable. It's a beauty. It's a thing of beauty. It just doesn't feel that good to us. I remember my dad, when my grandfather died, my dad said, Son, you know that scripture that said, Oh, death, where's your sting? He said, I'm going to tell you, that it stings. I know what that Bible, I know what it says but it stings in my heart. I said, well, you're right, Dad. Because death stings. It's the strength of sin, which cannot sting. There's victory over the, the penalty 
and the judgment and condemnation of sin, but there's a lot to say about that. But how many of you know sometimes it just stings? You got to go through a process. And part of the process is realizing that that's not the end of the story. But then here's something else. Death comes swiftly and without much warning. How many of you know, how many of you know that's biblical? Look over in James. You guys with me? Everybody with me? You ain't checked out. You don't want to hear about death. Well, guess what? You're going to have to hear about it anyway. You guys watching online. There's a scripture that says they live as if their houses are going to last forever. They have no regard to what's coming. So they waste their life. And then here's what happens, James chapter 4, verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to such and such a city. We're going to spend a year and, you know, a year or so there. How many of you have seen examples of that? People say, we're going to go move here. We're going to do that. It doesn't work out like they had, had planned. Whereas, verse 14, you, you do not know. Say, I do not know. Some things you don't know. You just trust God. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, here's how you want to live. Well, if the Lord wills, if the Lord wills, we're going to move there and do this and do that. That's what he says. We shall live if the Lord wills and do this or do that. But now you boast, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good, let him do it. Who, who doesn't do it, to him it is sin. That's what that verse means. You have to do what you have opportunity to do today. And to those who do not do it when they have opportunity to do it, to them it is sin. Does that make sense? Because you don't know what's going to happen, so it comes swiftly, like a puff of smoke. Reminds me, surely, when we would go to the airport, we used to live in Shelby, and we were looking for things to do as a family, so we would, well, we lived in Charlotte, too. We lived at Old Heritage. Mostly, we did it when we were there, and we'd want to have a family outing, so we would go to the airport with Josh and Emily. They're just two little kids. We're probably strolling Emily, I think, and and, then Josh, but anyway, in those days, you could go in to where the planes take off. You didn't have to go, you know, they, today they got to take your shoes off and your belt. And, you know, anyway, you know, you have to go through the process. So we're back watching these planes take off and land. And every time the plane would land, Josh, our little, what was he, three, four, five, three? He'd go, because it would leave a puff of smoke, and he would go, smoke. And then the next plane would land, and puff, smoke. I said, man, that's pretty cool, and it's smoke. It was just a little puff, and then it vanished away. You know, in the scheme of things, that's your li- that is your life. It's just a puff of smoke, and one day it'll be gone. Before you know it, how many of you know this thing is passing by rather swiftly? But when you get there, you're going to look back, and you're going to say, man, was that right? Where did it go? That's why he said, to him who knows to do good, let him do it. Let him do it, and we're going to believe God to make the best of every day. And then the next thing, death is a natural part of the cycle of life. A natural thing. It's a natural thing. 
I'm just telling you. Childbirth is natural. But you tell that to a mother when they're giving birth. Hey, this is, you're, you're supposed to be in pain right now. It's supposed to be tormenting to you. What kind of comfort? <laughs> we can say that. We say it's no problem. You've already been through. I told Shirley after Josh, when Emily come, came along, I said, Shirley, you've already been through this once. It's a piece of cake. <laughs> oh, what a dummy. That was not a good night in our house. <laughs> anyway, and then the next thing, death is universal. All over the planet, it's going to happen. You know, unless he's ta- you're taken up, we're caught, out, caught away. Noah, Chris's son, said yesterday, we're making the plans. And Noah said, my dad told me just recently that if something happens to me, Here's here's what we have so you can take care of your mother. That's what he told us. He told Yvonne, told Shirley and me. Now, did Chris know? I don't think he knew. He didn't know exactly what was going to happen the next couple of days. He just knew what was going to happen eventually. You know, the death rate is rising in the U.S. How many of you know that? I I just read an article. I didn't read it. I don't want to read it because I don't trust anything they say. But I caught the headline. It was Harvard. It said, what's behind the shocking U.S. life expectancy decline? A lot of us know. It's the shortest in two decades. The rest of the headline said, and what can we do about it? That's what I didn't want to read because whatever they said to do about it, I promise you it's not the truth because they want to whatever carry on, carry on the scheme. But I can tell you what to do about it. Be ready. Just be ready regardless whether it come a night, afternoon, next week, two years, 20 years, just be ready. And then death is final. Now you guys know that. My mom and my dad died on the same, within 24 hours apart. I think you guys knew it. 22 hours apart. My mom had Alzheimer's. My dad took on himself as a mission to take care of my mom. So he served her for just about 10 years. And when my mom died, my dad, I guess he thought his mission was complete. I've done. Now he had cancer. Right at the end, he got cancer because he asked me, David, how did I get cancer? I don't know, Dad. All, but then all I know is my mom died and then my dad died. And, and it was a great testimony to the city where we grew up because my dad loved my mom to the very end, served her, bathed her, changed her, did everything. And I, would, I was up here... And we would, I would go home as much as I could, just encourage my dad. I'd go and stay, go home and stay. We put so many miles on her. I did. Shirley was teaching school. She couldn't always go, but I would go. Even if I had only one day down there, I'd drive to Louisiana, be with my dad, help all I could, and then come back. And anyway, they died on the same day, but I remember 22 hours apart. Great double casket. It was really, you know, and then I spoke with my dad and my mom. It was a great challenge, but anyway, I remember my mom earlier. She always, she told me she always wanted to be a, 
a, um, an actress. So this Christian theme, whatever, play came through the town called Flight, F-I-N-A-L, came to town. Anybody remember that? Flight, F-I-N-A-L. I was just a little kid, and I remember going to the auditorium. My mom was the stewardess, and she would welcome the people on flight F-I-N-A-L. And it was a story of all the people, and they were taking their final journey, their final flight. And there were some, you know, that went one way and some that went the other, but it was their final flight, and it's going to be our final Moment. It'll be the last thing we're known for on the earth is that we died. That's the last thing you're known for. They died. Did you hear the story? It's, it's it. And then it's not only the final time that we're heard of on the earth. Then comes the judgment. It is appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. We're going to give an account for all that we did in the body the deeds of the body. We know there's the judgment seat of Christ. Say, we're all going to be, say, we're all going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. Did you know that? Our motives, why we did what we did, why we, what we didn't do in light of what we could have done. I remember hearing Corey Ten Boom. She said, the, the one thing I, I regret is when I get before the Lord, when I stand before the Lord, how he's going to look at me and say, Corey, Here are the things you could have done, but you didn't. And that she knew there's going to come a day. um, But we know he's going to wipe away all the tears. But we know we're not going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Or that one we will, but not of the final judgment. The great white throne judgment. That's what it means. But we're all going to be judged. He's going to judge the living and the dead. You know, the, some in the elite today, they think they're going to escape the judgment. They really believe that. They have these things now where they can freeze your body if you're rich enough. It probably costs a couple billion dollars. But they freeze you. And I just read it. I just read. Somewhere in the world, these scientists found a worm that had been frozen. Didn't right? Frozen. I don't know how many thousands. That, but anyway, they thawed out the worm. Now, they think they have these, I don't know what they're called. I remember reading about it. But you can literally go and they'll freeze you right before you die because they think they're going to come up with a cure for whatever it is that killed you. And you're going to escape death. I promise you, right? I promise you. These guys over at the World Economic Forum, they think they're God. They think they're going to censor the judgment that's coming. It ain't going to happen. You're not going to censor that final judgment. It ain't going to happen. Can you, can you imagine trying to censor God? God, you can't say that. No, they're going to go there. And we got to tell them. All of those men, the people that are doing things right now behind our backs, that we know are corrupt, they think they're getting away with it. I'm telling you, one day it's all going to be brought to the surface. Everything's going to be exposed. And they're going to give an account. They're going to stand before a holy God and give an account. That's part of the word. And then the death will lead to our inheritance. I'm not going to read it, but you know it's over in 1 Peter chapter 1 that he's, we're being brought into an inheritance that is incorruptible. Say incorruptible. 
That word means corruption. The other day I was at the eye doctor. It just happened to be, what day? Tuesday, I think. And I told the lady, I, you know, because I feel a sense of responsibility. I said, you know, they say these mandates may come back. And she went into it. She said, well, I don't care what they do. I am not. I am not going to go there. But she was serious. And then she started talking about all the corruption. I wasn't asking for all this. I just said, you know, just be ready to stand. That's what I was going to tell her. But she's ready to kick butt is what she's ready to do. And she's, I said, you know, now if this lady's thinking that, how many Americans are thinking that? I'm not going to bow to the, you know, that's a lot of the church right now. And uh, it needs to be all the church. Do you realize if all of you guys would stand for the truth, they would run with their tails behind, they'd run, man, they wouldn't, they'd, they ain't no way they would deceive the masses again. Incorruptible, but our inheritance is undefiled, say undefiled. I told you, I pray those apostolic prayers. Been praying that now for, what, seven months every single day. I've not missed a day. When Josh and I went to the College World Series, I just got up before he got up to pray through those prayers. And then we went and had fun watching baseball with my son. That was the greatest time. So glad I got to go. But I had not missed a day. So every day I pray when it gets to the part, Lord, that we would be a healthy mind, body, and spirit. I pray over you. I say, God, I pray that for everyone at the gathering, even their DNA would be preserved and kept holy, blameless, undefiled until the day of Christ Jesus. Because I know, I know. And so I'm going to pray that prayer and mean it. God's going to hear. And then does not fade away. It means it does not lose its value, our inheritance, reserved in heaven for you. That means there are some things locked up and stored for you. Now, the church can't be locked up. We talked about that a few weeks ago. I will build my church in the gates of hell, which means you're not going to lock it well, we're going to see next week when they bring all these scrolls. Some of them, they, the Nazis tried to destroy or burn or whatever. It didn't work. The gospel is going to be preached. The gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached to all the world. But we have, a, we have an inheritance. And then death is just the final thing, is our entrance into eternity. It's the entrance. Now, some of you may go another way. I'm all for that. But going the death route is not, the, it's not that bad. You know how many people have gone to heaven that died? A whole bunch. I know there's, I know there's a few. I know about Enoch. Enoch was, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's not. You know, Elijah goes off in his chariots. And I know there'll be the great gathering, catching. I, I understand all that. But most of the people that's been alive from the beginning of creation. They only went through one way, the death gate. And they realized, guess what? It just opened up the door to what they've been waiting for, what they've been hearing about. You know, I've prepared a place. I've gone to prepare a place so that where I am, you may be also. And there's mansions. Some people say that doesn't mean mansion. 
Well, let it be according to your unbelief. In my book, it's going to be a mansion in glory. I don't care. I don't care what it looks like. As long as I see him, as long as I see him, that's my dwelling place. I got a dwelling place there. And it's what we've been waiting for. It's not that bad. In fact, it's going to be glorious. Say glorious. And so there is the resurrection. Jesus said, though he shall die, yet shall he live. So death has been defeated. The last enemy will ultimately be destroyed, ground to a powder. But until then, I'm going to have a lot of confidence in that death has been defeated. And we have overcome. And my friend Chris and our friend, one of our pastors, co-laborers, godly man, great man of God. He's walking in his inheritance. He's probably saying, if you could see me now. If you could see. This is not that bad, guys. Now, you don't want to rush it. You don't want to go before your time. You just want to go when it's your time. And enjoy the journey. So enjoy the journey. I don't know if they're going to come out with all these things. I don't, I don't trust what they say is coming. I trust what God said is coming. That's what I believe. And I know there's a lot of stuff in here that you're going to have to be prepared for. Well... Get to know him. Get close to him. Stay in him. That's the safest place to be is in Christ. And, Lord, I thank you for the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that old things have passed away. All things have come new in Christ Jesus. And, Lord, we just thank you for our friend Chris. Lord, we thank you for the testimony that he left for us. Lord, a godly man. You had a testimony of being one who overcame. And Lord, one day we'll figure out, we'll ask you why it all happened like it happened. But right now, Lord, we thank you. There's more than enough grace to be who we've been called to be on planet Earth in the year 2023. In the month of September and October and November, December and on and on. You've gathered a people called by your name that's going to demonstrate to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places the manifold wisdom of our God. We're going to demonstrate who our God is one more time on the earth before he meets his ultimate doom and is thrown into the lake of fire that burns forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Lord, help us. Get us ready to deliver as many people as possible from that lake, that, God, you would help us, that many would be written in that book, the Lamb's Book of Life, and to run the race with endurance and to behold the King of glory who finished that race for us. Lord, I bless the people today. I pray you'd encourage them. I pray you'd fill everyone in this room, those that are watching, with faith, with expectancy, with hope a hope that cannot disappoint. Though we cannot always see, we have a hope like an anchor that does not disappoint. So we give you glory. If you've never met Jesus, those of you watching, or if you're in this room, you say, I don't know if I'm a, I've really been saved. If I'm going to heaven, 
You don't know where you would spend eternity if this was your last, last day on planet earth. Just cry out to God. This is the day. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just say something like, dear God, I need you. I believe in Jesus, that he is the son of God, that he lived, that he died, and he rose from the dead. I confess I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me, wash me. I turn from my sin, and I turn my life over to you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the fire of heaven and use me for the rest of my life. If you prayed that, the Lord says, if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. And connect with us here and we'll send you some information to help you get on your journey. You can just email us at I trust Jesus, all small letters, I trust Jesus, and then the numbers 2023 at gmail.com. I trust Jesus at or 2023 at gmail.com. But how many of you have a little bit of hope today, regardless of what's happened? Thank you for doing the women's conference. You know, so was it really, 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 really good? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it really, really, really was because the word of God was proclaimed. And when the word goes forth, it never returns void. And we thank God. Lord, we thank you for what happened here yesterday. We thank you for eternal fruit, 100-fold maximum fruit from that gathering that took place. Thank you for the word of the Lord that went forth. We give you praise. Lord, just, God, let these be days like we could not have believed possible because of the awesomeness of who you are. Fill us with that kind of awe. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have some of our guys praying around the altar. If you'd like someone to agree with you in prayer about healing or whatever it may be, God bless you guys. If you can come join us on Thursday at noon or before for, to visit with Yvonne, that's from 1030 to 1130. God bless you.